so cool. So last night I have uh, my little boy in, in my bed, which my kids don't sleep in my bed. I'm out. Uh, but he's sleeping in, in my bed because um, his sister is telling her friend who's having a sleepover about the thing he's, things he's scared of. So we've got issues. In my family, we don't do victims well. We don't let people play the victim. But the problem is that if you're going to speak to my boy, you need to speak to him very differently to how you speak to my girl. So, so Gracie, she's the type of person. So, so I, the text I'm reading today, I always like floated past my kids. So, so I'm going to read about the lame man and how he gets up. Uh, I read it to her and she says, So dad, how come when my foot was broken, you didn't pray for me and I got up? This is what she says. This is, this is Gracie. Geordie is about feelings. Until I can feel what he feels, I don't get to tell him what he needs to do. Okay, any, any of you like that? Any fibbers? So, so I said to my boy, when I was growing up, first nine years, I didn't have a dad. Every time I'd go to school, people would tell everybody else what they did with their dads that weekend. And I would feel like I didn't fit in and I was embarrassed about myself. Now he's listening. Now I can get to his heart. And so now I can talk to him about why he doesn't need to feel embarrassed and why this doesn't actually matter that much. And he can stop being lame. I want you to turn to someone and say, don't be lame. Okay, so as you can see, this sermon is going to offend you. That's, I'm just starting out there. This is going to be an offensive sermon. But I want you to do this because my, my grace, she always says to me, Dad, I'm offended. I tell her, if you keep putting fences up, offenses, offense, 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 eventually you're going to have a barrage all around you and you're not going to be able to see anyone. So, so here's what I want to ask you to do. Put the offense down. Because I think that God wants to set some people free and take us out of COVID brain. Now I'm going to pray. Because I'm going to need it. Jesus, I pray that you come into this story and into our hearts. And I pray, lame man walk. In Jesus' name. Amen. No, you're more scared than me. Okay, Acts chapter 3, it starts like this. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in a three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Now, we told a little bit later that this lame, nameless man was 40 years old. 40 years of being lame. But we also know that, that the lameness had 
had infected stuff. You see, he was lame in the feet, but his hands worked, his arms worked, his upper body worked, his mind worked. Everything worked other than his feet, but he begged. You see, he had no choice about his legs, but begging was a choice. This lame man has a horrible disability, but he's chosen to beg. The lameness in his legs has got into his thinking and his attitude, and now he's stuck. When you um, allow one area of paralysis to shape the rest of your life, this is what happens. He's let his disability disable him. Now, I want to talk a little bit about being lame, because um, many of us are lame in some area of our lives. If you saw me singing or listened to me singing, you would realize I am lame in singing. I, when, when the band start clapping, Justy starts laughing because I'm out of tune, like, yeah, it's just, I am lame when it comes to rhythm. It's not like I can get better. It's been 20 years of church now. I still can't sing in tune. I can't clap in time. When I dance, it's like a disability factor on my wife. It causes pain. It's just lame. This is not, it's going to, it needs healing, deliverance and healing. That's what needs to happen to my, my voice. Now, now, here's the thing. Most people, maybe not most, many, 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 many people are not just lame physically. We're lame in some aspect of our emotions. There's something that happened and, and we don't feel the way other people feel. We don't see the world the way other people see the world. There's, there's something we know, we know inside, that's not, not weak or immature. It's broken. It's lame. You see, this is what lame is, the, the definition of lame. Being lame is having a body part, especially a limb, so disabled as to impair movement. People get lame because of one or two things. Nature or nurture. Either genetics dropped you or people dropped you. Somehow... Something got broken. Something dropped you. And, and what happens when something drops you is that it is unbelievably hard to get up. And so some of us, we, we were just born like that. I was born, I couldn't sing. I tried, didn't get better. And some of us, we got dropped. You see... You were bubbly and warm, and then she broke up with you. And then the divorce happened. And since then, you haven't been able to get up. Or you had a job, you didn't love it, but it was good, and you were healthy, and you were working, and then COVID came, and they took away your job, but they didn't just take away your job, they took away something else inside of you, and now it's broken, and every job you apply for, you don't get See, you can get dropped in such a way 
that stuff doesn't work anymore. And there are lots of people I'm speaking to right now, there are lots of people who have been dropped and you can't get up. And this message is specifically for you and then I'm gonna to speak to the people who find so that you can be like Peter and lift some lame people up. Now, I wanna kind of just dive into a few things here. Because so many of us here have some aspect of our lives that is lame, something that doesn't work, it doesn't mean that we're crippled. It doesn't mean that your dysfunction has infected all the areas of your life. Just because one area is broken doesn't mean you've become a victim. There, there are lots of people who achieve absolutely incredible things. One of my mates, he ran 160 Ks over the last, I don't know how many, 48 hours. I mean, I think his brain's disabled, the fact that he can do that. But, but lots of people do incredible things despite a disability. They're not victims. But this guy, he was born lame, and he let that lameness determine what he did. It, it got into him. Now, I know that nobody in this room, because you gave up on a phenomenal beach day. So I know there is nobody in this room who wants to be a victim, and so I'm preaching to the choir, because some of you have landed up lame. I want to teach you about how to get out of being lame. And so I've got three points in here, but I know that if your heart's receptive, these points will actually heal you, and here's how I know. They've healed me, because I've gone through being lame and a victim. If you're healed, I mean, if you're lame and you want to be healed, I want to show you a couple of things. The first thing is this from the text. Peter doesn't touch his disability. You know when Peter goes to him? He doesn't go and lay his hands on his ankles or lay his hand on his legs and go, legs be healed. He doesn't go after what's broken. He grabs the dude's hand. The hand works. Why? Because this is a principle of God. God always comes to people and he comes after what does work. He comes and the, the little boy with the two loaves and five fish, it's not enough, but he takes what he does have. When Moses comes to God, God says, what's in your hand? He says, I've got a staff in my hand. God says, come give me what you've got and I'll use it to heal what you don't have. This is a principle. If you look at Jesus and how he healed people, Everyone he healed, he required something of other than dead people. Either it was just to say, please heal me. You know, you know how many times Jesus asked a person, what do you want? You know why he asked him, what do you want? Because he wants the person to participate with him in faith. He doesn't want to enable. He doesn't want to do it for the person. He wants to do it with the person. So first thing. He doesn't touch what's broken. Second thing, he doesn't speak to what's broken. You know, it, it's amazing, this text. He doesn't say, ankles be healed. He doesn't say, body function. He says, in Jesus' name, get up and walk. He doesn't deal or name the disorder he names what order looks like. 
That's called faith. You see, faith is the evidence of things unseen, the substance of, the, of, of things unseen, the evidence, uh, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. We'll get there eventually. Faith is, faith is when you agree with God despite it looking like this. Faith looks to a future reward, not a current struggle. Faith is, is aligning yourself, <coughs> yourself to where God's at and out of where you're at. Faith, unfortunately, it doesn't pay a lot of attention to how you're feeling. It pays attention to how God's feeling. And it's difficult to get into faith. But Peter doesn't talk about this dude's disorder, dysfunction, or how it got like that. He doesn't, he doesn't engage in that, and I'll tell you why. Because if he'd started that conversation and said, hey, Brew, how did you get here? What happened? Was it your mom's fault, your dad's fault? What was the genetics? What would have happened is that his faith would have been slowly strangled until he had none left. And he knew what this dude needed was not compassion and empathy. What this dude needed was faith to get him to walk. Now, I just want to dive in there a little bit. Because when you're a victim, when you've been dropped, when you're in pain, what you want is comfort. And most of us get it dysfunctionally. The greater the pain, the greater the appetite for comfort. And if you can't get comfort from the Holy Spirit, what you will generally tend to do is go and find it from porn and alcohol and drugs and dysfunctional relationships and chocolate in the cupboard that my wife keeps putting there. And you will, you will get it from some aspect of your life that is not healthy for you. And if you start feeding your pain with something that is not healthy, you will start to build a world of dysfunction. So this guy is 40 years old. He's probably living with his parents. He is going to the temple to beg every single day. So he is requiring something from someone who works to give to him so that he can survive in a life or an ecosystem of dependency and codependency. It is dysfunctional. Friends, some of us are in dysfunctional. This is why you need the church. Because what comes out of this text, and this is what I love about this text, is that the way you get out is you need someone to reach down and pull you up. Let me explain. You've got two super apostles here, eh? James, uh, Peter and, and John. Like, John's the dude, Jesus loves me more than every, all the rest of you, that's John. Peter's the dude, like, Moves by faith. So these are super apostles. These are Jesus freaks. Okay? They have seen Jesus calm storms, curse fig trees, and watched them wither. They have seen him raise the dead. They are so full of faith. It is unbelievable. When they pray, they pray in agreement. This isn't one plus one equals two. This is two times exponential equals 64. Like this is, this is power. And they say, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You know what happens? Nothing. Nothing happens. 
It's only when they reach out and pull him up that healing happens. And the more dysfunctional you are, the more you've comforted yourself with stuff that you shouldn't be comforting yourself with, the more you've created an ecosystem that's actually dangerous for you, the more you need someone to lift you up, which is why you need the church. You see, you need the church because there's someone else who's had some other thing happen to them and they've resulted in an alcoholic addiction. And now they're in Exodus ministry. These guys run it. And, and they're there to give you the faith that will lift you up. The problem is what he wanted was money. Why did he want money? Because money would give him comfort. What he needed was faith to stretch him. What he wanted was someone with money to comfort him. Friends, this is really important. Because the level of pain you're in will determine how much you're going for comfort over faith. Your flesh may want comfort, but your spirit needs faith. You need to find someone with faith who can lift you up. Now, guys, I have to address this because we, I'm seeing so much COVID brain that I think there are opportunities left, right, and center that people literally can't walk in because the brain has shut down. We're in lame mode. And I understand why. It's just that God is not asking us to live by flesh. He's asking us to live by the Spirit of God. So we need to get up. Now, here's how you know you're not lame. You're not being a victim. Verse 8. It is freezing. Please, can we warm? Can we put the heaters on? Like I'm frozen. <clears throat> Verse eight says this. Oh, I'm cold. He jumped up. I'm being a victim now. He jumped up. <laughs> this is the man. Stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. I want you to hear this. Walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the if, if all that had happened was he was able to move a leg, it would have been a miracle. But he's not moving a leg. He's, he's had his leg completely restored, and not just his leg, he's had his brain completely restored because this oak is now walking. You know how long it takes if you've been healed for rehab? In one moment, he's walking, and imagine I could dance right now. He is <laughs> leaping, and he is praising God. He is moving in gratitude. You want to know how you know that you've been healed? Here's how you know. Because you're going, Jesus, thank you so much. I know we got divorced, but those five years, they were so good. There were aspects of that time that, God, you blessed me in. And I know that you did good work in me from there to now. And therefore, I know there is a good thing coming tomorrow. Lord, I know that, that I got dropped from the work environment during COVID, but there was so much good stuff that happened there, there, and there, and that person was good, and that, you, you hear the tone? You know how you know you're not healed? God, those, 
fired me. And she, you're lame. The moment you can start saying, thank you, God, that hurt like, like nothing I ever thought it would, but thank you, God, because it did this, this, and this to me. The moment you can start declaring that over your life, man, Lord, I thought they were in with me for the long run, but God, they dropped out. But God, thank you so much because they added so much to my life. When you start saying that and declaring that over your life, you are well on your way to being healed. You're probably already healed and you're out of victim. You're about to get set free. And some of us need to start saying that even if it's just by faith. Now, when they realized he was lame, the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. He said, people of Israel, what is so surprising about this? What is so surprising? This is supposed to be normal. And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk? by our own power or godliness. Listen carefully to these words. Why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life. Listen carefully. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Let me tell you why it's so important. There are a bunch of us who are fine. COVID happened, it's over. We're okay. But when we drive back home, we see the bigger there, and the bigger there, and the bigger there, and the bigger there, and then you've got that aunt who's got a problem, and you've got that other oak who lost his job, and you've got that. And you know what we feel? Terrified. Because this is going to take black tax to another level. You know, some of you are laughing, I do weddings, so I have these conversations all the time. And you know that your resources, which are limited, are going to get sucked dry. So this is what you want to do. Hide. Put very big walls up, change your phone number, and hide. Because they are going to take from you. I'm sure this doesn't resonate with anyone. And here's what you know. They're going to keep taking and keep taking and keep taking until you are as poor as them. And so you're hiding. But I want you to know this. The beggar didn't need silver or gold. He needed faith. You don't need to meet their needs. You need to be their faith. You, you have faith as the thing that you can give to them. And faith will access resources you don't have. 
They will demand your resources. You will not agree to that. You will go, silver and gold, I have not. But what I do have, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to give you what you need, not what you want. I'm not going to keep feeding your dysfunction. I'm going to give you what you need. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. Now, friends, who do you think was more blessed in this story? The lame beggar or Peter and John? See, I've thought about this lots. In the beginning, I thought it was the lame beggar. But the lame beggar is still learning to walk. Peter and John are learning to walk on water. They're sprinting. Friends, you don't want to be the lame beggar just getting handouts. You want to be Peter and John giving them. And what you have to cultivate in your life is not more resources so that you can provide for people. It's more faith so that you can access heaven's provision for people. You have to shift into, God, how do I grow in my faith so that I can set people free? Now, friends, coming out of COVID, so many people need you to have faith. You need to cultivate it. And even now, you get to practice. Because what we're going to do, we've got some, someone coming up for worship, and we've got some prayer teams, and we've got some healed and whole people here, and we've got some lame people. And in the church, those with faith pray for those who are lame. You know what I told my little boy last night? I said to him, I said, my boy, I'm, I'm terrified of heights. I'm such a wuss when it comes to heights. And, um, and so I tell people on the front end. And some people laugh at me. And uh, I said to him, do you, do you remember the time when mom and you guys went and you stood at the edge of the cliff and I almost lost it? And I, I almost shook mom, I was so angry. It was because of my fear of heights. But when I tell people about it, and I say, I'm scared of heights. Please don't go that close to the edge. I can't cope. When I share my lameness, I can't sing, Rick, please sing loud. I can't get up from this pain. Please lift me up. When I start to do that, it's called vulnerability. When I make myself vulnerable in the people of God, then someone with faith can step forward and he can lift me up. And there's some people here today who need to be lifted up because you got dropped. But God lifts up the weary. He'll come to where you're at and he'll lift you up. And so we've got some prayer teams that are going to come to the front and we're going to pray for people. Whatever the brokenness is, we're not going to try and meet your fleshly needs. We're going to pray that the Father in heaven, by faith, meets your spiritual needs because that will change your flesh. So Rick's going to play something. I don't know if he's going to sing. I'm going to invite the people, the prayer teams, if you can come to the front, some of the overseers, if you can stand. I'm going to close this in prayer, but I want people to come to the front, come for prayer, be really vulnerable, and just go, man, life has sent me a sack of potatoes. I don't know. Maybe it's Life has just kicked me and it is so sore right now. And I need someone to lift me up. So I'm going to ask you to be brave. Terence, if you guys move that side so people can come. Let's just split this up.
And if you just need to sit there, that's fine. If you need to go and grab coffee, that's fine too. But Lord Jesus, I pray right now that lame men will walk. I pray, God, that you break through. I pray, God, that you set people free. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come into dead, decaying, dysfunctional places in our lives. And I pray, God, that you bring healing with what we need. In Jesus' name. Amen.